Welcome to Hope Talks, Stories of Transformation. Hope Talks is a project of David's United Church of Christ in Canal Winchester, Ohio, and dedicated to providing stories with different perspectives of hope. When Uganda's Moses Mokitali traveled to the U.S. to read for a master's program in special education, and he turned to street preaching, his former classmates at Uganda Christian University thought he had gone crazy because he had left a good job at World Vision and was now serving as God's spokesperson, as he says, in reference to his new task. In this podcast, we host Moses Mokitali, who gives us an insight into his new direction. Welcome, Moses. Um, first of all, Mr. Mokitali, tell us briefly about yourself your biological and social background, and what you are doing now. Yes, my name is uh, Moses Mokitale, presently residing in Massachusetts uh, in the USA. Um, I'm a journalist by profession, and I went to UCU. I graduated with a bachelor's degree in mass communication. Thereafter, I worked as a TV news reporter with WBS-TV then, um, and then moved on to work with World Vision as a communications uh, professional for over four and a half years. Okay. And uh, it was an, until 2018 that I moved to the USA, where, as you've rightly put it, um, I've been doing my studies, but also uh, preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the highways, in the byways, and uh, in my church where I go to uh, in the city of Waltham. Interesting. Um, street preaching is a phenomenon mostly associated with African cities. Are you the first street preacher on America's uh, streets? No, actually, it's interesting to know that there are many Ugandan, uh, not many, as I would say, but uh, there are a couple that I know, in, uh, especially in Boston, where I currently reside. Uh, mm-hmm. At least I would say we are around five or six uh, okay. teams that preach in different towns, different cities. Um, and it's interesting to know that uh, we all began to preach on the streets, mainly in the USA. Some could have begun in Uganda, but it's until we got here that we felt uh, the calling upon our lives coming out, you know, greatly and stronger. And it's really been a blessing mm-hmm. to be able to have the, the grace to stand um, in the highways of America. Some people think, oh, maybe they, they need money. They're looking for money, they need help. But, you know, we have to make sure that we stand out there and be very smart. And you don't, you don't send a message of, I'm looking for your help. So it's just the gospel of God that you brought unto them. Um, and it's really been a blessing. It's been a great experience for me as a person. Uh, there's been so many lessons to learn. There's been so many challenges sometimes, uh, like when it's cold, um, you know, standing in the cold, standing yeah. in the sun. So it's been ups and downs here and there. But okay. by the grace of God, we've been moving on. Yeah. Okay. Talking about the experience on the streets, on uh, street preaching, how are you? How are you received on the streets? Yeah, um, as an evangelist, our message is always simple. You know, it's the message of Jesus Christ is coming back. And that's, that, that's why it's been a very um, interesting experience for me, because it's different to preach this same message in the churches. It's easier on the streets because people are just, you know, passing and you have only one minute, two minutes to send the word to them. Yes. So for some people, of course, there are those who are going to come, you know, heckling and screaming and, you know, 
take you, tell you the F word and they, you know, they insult you sometimes. Mm. Um, and they say, go back to Africa sometimes. <laughs> so, it's, it's so many people are going to come and tell you so many things. Yeah. But at the end of the day, uh, the, the idea is not to get distracted, is to stay focused, you know, stay calm and tell people that God loves you, Jesus loves you. Obviously, the topics that we, we address sometimes on the streets are very sensitive. Uh, topics like, you know, homosexuality, you know, topics like fornication, uh, topics like masturbation, topics like uh, drugs, like topics that are going to cause men and women to miss heaven. So, and those are the things that are happening in America, that are happening in broad daylight, the things that the church is not able to address, as, I, as, as I've, you know, shared previously that the topic of homosexuality has not been addressed by the church. Mm. And there is a lot of contention about that. You know, has God permitted same-sex marriage? Is God okay with that? And you find that it's an issue that you want to address, you know, whenever you have a chance to address it. But because America is a country where at any one moment you're having someone passing by who is gay, who is, you know, a transgender. And each time you speak about that, they'll scream back about you. They'll shout at you. So it's been a learning curve for me, uh, learning how to package my message, not in an offensive way, but in a more, you know, educative way, in a more of um, informative way as a journalist should do it. So it's been interesting to see a journalist like myself now being able to package your message not for the media but for a one-to-one person on the street and to make sure that your communication is really received effectively um and that it reaches the right person at the right time that uh, you desire it okay um um is there a procedure kind of an official protocol to get onto the streets as a preacher yeah in boston we had to go through the uh the mayor of the city uh, who wrote for us a very good letter and uh, gave us permission uh, to speak with a microphone in a certain level of sound. So they gave us a limit to what kind of decibels we cannot go beyond. Uh, so, but in some towns, they're not allowed to speak at all. Like in, in states like California, you can't do it. Uh, in New York, you can't do it. I, no, I think in, in Washington, you can't do it also. We've been so privileged that in Boston, we have been given the, privilege, uh, the permission to, to go and preach. There are times like this summer, we went to the beach. Uh, it was a very challenging time at the beach, um, but we went to the beach um, and we've been to the marketplaces. We have been to the library centers where there are many people. Um, and our idea, our idea always is to go to a place where at least you have a lot of attention, where people are passing, it's busy, it's a Saturday, and you're going to have at least two or three people giving their lives to Christ. So sometimes, you'll have only one person giving their life to Christ. Sometimes you'll have three. Sometimes you have mm. five or seven. Okay. Each day is going to be different. Yeah, but our idea is always to go, even if it's just for one soul, you know, mm. we go out and, and, and win that one soul. Yeah. Okay. So did you ever preach in Kampala? How would you compare the situation in Africa with, that, with what you do in the United States of America? Yeah, in Kampala, mainly what I did... Uh, at my church, I was at Rubaga Miracle Center, uh, you know, being pastored by Pastor Robert Kayanja. Always, we were always fired up to have crusades. So we went out um, with a friend of mine called David King, uh, St. Hongo, and others, and we would go and have those mini crusades, you know, in Imbarara, in Kaptorwa, um, 
um, and we were able to go and do those kind of evangelism meetings. But we never, I never went on the street, like to stand on the street and preach in Kampala. Um, and that's why for me, it has been a very big blessing to see that God has granted me the grace and the confidence to stand out um, and preach at such a time like this. Because we all know that many times America has been uh, sending out missionaries to Africa. It has sent out missionaries to Asia. You know, churches have been empowered by America. But I feel that yes. it is a time that America itself right now needs someone to preach to it because um, mm. it has found itself in a, in a situation where it cannot save itself. Mm. Um, from the president from the, to the vice president, if you follow the politics of this country, mm. they are all very okay with topics that are very sensitive to the church, topics like same-sex marriage, you know? And so it's been very confusing. So that's why I think it's really... Uh, a time that America needs um, the gospel more than any part of the world. Mm. Yes, I know Uganda, Africa, we all have our challenges we are going through, but there are issues that we have agreed upon as a church, as a body of Christ, and we've known that homosexuality is a sin. Yeah. It's not acceptable in our communities. Mm. But here, it's still a topic of discussion. Is it right? Is it wrong? I think it's, 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 it's a good season for us as evangelists to be out here to do whatever we can. Obviously, we're not going to do the right, we're, we're not going to cover the entire country, but we're going to do whatever we can, I think, with the grace of God working upon us to reach as many people as we can, uh, to win as many souls as we can. Yeah. Okay. okay. In, in the country where you come from, which is Uganda and uh, neighboring Rwanda, there's an argument that is gaining credibility that evangelists are fake out to dupe desperate people. In any case, most of them have limited knowledge of theology. For you, you have a journalism degree, and now you're reading education. And here, you are prophesizing to be God's spokesperson. What gives you the authority to speak on God's behalf? I think God can call anyone, regardless of uh, whether they are educated or not. God can use any vessel, um, as long as that vessel is willing to avail itself um, to be used of God. Uh, we have examples in the Bible of uh, men like Peter, who were fishermen. Yes. Uh, we have examples of men uh, in the Bible, like, I mean, Paul. Obviously, Paul was a bit educated, uh, but to a greater extent, um, it was not about his education. It was about what he was able to provide uh, to the body of Christ. So, mm -hmm. yes, um, I have learned of what uh, His Excellency Paul Kagame has done in Rwanda okay. to curb down... Um, the fake uh, pastors, you know, and whatever, how he determines, how he terms it. I think to some to some point, he has a reason which can be justifiable because we, we all know how the church, especially in Africa, has been abused by false uh, preachers, false prophets, you know, selling uh, all kinds of things in churches, uh, hoodwinking believers uh, who are very gullible because of their expectations. And so it is really um, right for, to some level to require at least every minister to have a certain level of, of, uh, of learning in the area of calling. But I think it would be wrong for us to use the yardstick of um, it is only the, the degree that is going to quantify who should be uh, a legitimate minister or servant of God. Obviously, as a person, um, I am, you know, been interested and in, and uh, going. I'm going. I'm doing uh, another degree uh, at Oral Roberts University in ministry because I believe, as a minister of God, I need to understand more 
and uh, have a lot of knowledge and think about the Bible, especially. But that one was out of a personal conviction in my heart that I need to do something in line to this because um, I'm going into a new dimension of my life. But um, truly speaking, I think uh, we are going to lose the point if we're going to say the focus has to be on education. Because if you look at all the great ministers in Uganda, I'll just be honest with you, yeah. men like Pastor Robert Kayanja, who, who have grown up under, these are not men who have had master's degrees in, in your areas. It's, it's been by the grace of God that they've been lifted. Look at people like uh, Pastor Emil Renamtebi. Uh, she never went to school. She was a housemaid. But look at where God has put her. Uh, there are so many men of, of God who are really authentic, but they never went to school. And then there are those who, are, who went to school, they are educated, but again, they are not, if you look at what they're preaching, the message they have, it's a prosperity gospel, which is just maybe mainly hoodwinking people and not necessarily sending the right signals. So I believe um, to certain, a certain level, yes, education uh, is, is, is a key factor for ministry, but I think it's more to do with the calling upon your life. If it's really the spirit of God that is working in you, God will do tremendous work in you regardless of uh, your education and background. Okay. So, Mr. Mkitani, have you been approached for healing or prosperity as you preach in America, like in Africa? Um, I have prayed with people about healing, for healing, yes. But uh, prosperity... So the challenge that we, 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 we are going to encounter here is that... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a different economy altogether. The people here will not be as receptive as they would in Uganda. If you talk about prosperity, if you talk about giving money, if you talk about uh, you'll get rich. I'll give you an example that uh, if you bring the gospel of, of wealth here, it will be very hard for you to sail through it because um, you'll find a 16-year-old is having, let's say, an iPhone 11, Okay. And that is a, that's a normal thing for them here. It, it's not like it's a sign of wealth. Uh, you'll find a 21-year-old is driving a 2021 Toyota Highlander, which is mm. worth maybe $50,000 because the mm. family has those cars. Mm. So it is going to be very hard for you to succeed in the prosperity gospel. I think for America, the challenge mainly is on um, their spirituality, uh, their faith, and what they believe in. For me, that has been the greatest area that they have a lot of need in terms of deliverance. And my prayer has always been along those lines of deliverance mentally uh, and uh, in ideology of how do I believe, let's say, as I've told you, in, in, in the, the, the divergence and understanding on things like uh, same-sex marriage, divergence and understanding of things like um, abortion, divergence and understanding on things like um um, I think political lines, for me, that has been mainly the issue here in this country, as opposed to ours back home, where it is someone who's going to come to you believing God for healing, even for a headache, believing God for maybe when you're going to hospital, you have to believe God for coming out of hospital, yes. which is going to be totally different here because people's needs are different in views, but mainly it has been for healing, uh, physical healing that uh, people have been approached, approached me for to pray and believe God with them. Even on the streets, someone walks up to you and says, can you pray together for healing uh, and for strengthening of my spirit? Yeah. Mm, one preacher on the streets told a passerby that she will go to hell because of the manner of her dressing. What do you have to say about mm. that? I think it is important uh, for us to package our messaging uh, in a way that is not offensive. Um, as I said, and it's it's... it's for a journalist, it's very important because 
we know the key tenets of effective communication is uh, putting across a message that is going to be understandable. And this is where I, my skills of journalism have to come in. I always tell myself, okay, today, if I only have one chance to communicate to someone about the return of Jesus, how should I go about it? Should I be offensive? If I'm going to be offensive, is it going to impact this person's life? Because let's say someone is living in fornication. Mm. Let's say someone is living in, in, in masturbation. Someone is living in, um, in a same-sex marriage. Maybe he's gay. And my aim at the end of the day is to make sure that this person, yes, knows that they're living in sin, but there is still hope. Mm. There is still hope for them to repent. There is still hope for them for the blood of Jesus to wash away their sins. So when I go out to preach, I don't tell people you're going to die. No, 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 no. I tell people, Christ died for me and you that you may have life. And it's always important to share from your personal point of view. You say, I, for example, Moses, I was living in fornication. But when I gave my life to Christ, he forgave me, you know, and he can still forgive you. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how hard it is that you're going through. But the same God who forgave me is going to forgive you. Now, that person is going to be compelled to receive this God because he has heard about the God that worked in my life. Mm. He may be living in the same lifestyle I'm living in, but if he hears that I was forgiven, he will also have the hope to say, oh, so I can also be forgiven. There is still hope for me. Yes, I know the end time message is important for people to, be, to know that they're going to die. There is hell, there is heaven. But I think it is more important to let this person know that there is still hope for them. There is still hope in the next one hour that if they repent, they will be forgiven. I've had messages of evangelists who go on the streets and they are accused, they are, you know, judging. It is, it is right, you know, mm. but ask yourself a question. If this person is living in sin, mm. what does he need right now? Is it condemnation or is it hope? Mm. Because if we're, gonna, if we're going to condemn people, at the end of the day, we're not going to help them overcome what they're going through. So if someone is struggling with drugs, if someone is struggling with an addiction, I want to give them hope that there is a God who is willing to give them peace, but they need to receive him in their lives. Okay. So in Uganda, you worked for the World Vision Charity, charity organization. Isn't the gospel and God's hand most needed in the country where you come from? Oh, sure. It is. I mean, the, um, as, a, as a journalist, again, for me, I think my training began from uh, UCU, you know, as a, when I came to UCU, a privilege for me sitting down, listening to Dr. Rebecca Nyegenye, amazing, amazing teachings. So I think for me, my grooming started from UCU. Uh, and then when I went to World Vision, um, it was another, uh, another training ground for me. It was an organization uh, where I found myself having to pray every morning you know it's it's the only organization that actually would pray would pay you to pray because the moment you clock in at seven you straight away go for devotion and then i saw a lot of need for prayer in our communities where we worked in the villages a lot of mm. poverty a lot of help needed but there is not enough so what you say is true there is a more there would be more need for prayer in uganda obviously there's more need everywhere else in the country and in the world and I believe that uh, obviously we are, we, are, we are all playing our part. I played my role, you know, I did what I could, uh, yes. writing stories, helping people get out of poverty, okay. praying with community members. And I think the role uh, that I played there, you know, was, trans trans you know, transformational. 
And I'm so grateful to God for the chance that he gave me to serve, you know, with world vision. But I believe right now there is a season, there is a time for everything. So I think that chapter ended in as much as, yes, I'm still praying and believing God for more transformation in those villages and communities in Uganda. I think now the season is, 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 is out here where I am. Maybe, who knows, God could send me back, you know, in that same community in, in, in one way or another. Okay. Um, because his ways are never our ways. Yeah. Okay. Um, don't your kinsmen, countrymen, and Africans consider you mad to come to America and instead of engaging in the American dream, you are preaching to street workers? Yeah, it's um, it's been in, it's been uh, interesting. It's been a culture shock for me as a person uh, because yeah. at first I thought, oh, people will be very happy about this and you know that. But I've had some people who are mocking me. You know, they will come on the page and you know. They will put a comment and say, oh, he's seeking attention from the U.S. Maybe he wants favors. You know, he's, uh, you've lost it. And in my head, I, I've, I've come to realize that the American dream is, is high. We all see the American dream in different ways. There are those who have come here and they're running after money, which is not a bad thing. There are those who have come here, they're running after drugs, after women. So it's, it's, it's different. Everyone sees it differently. Um, but personally, my conviction has been that um, as long as God is happy with what I'm doing and I am happy with what I'm doing, um, I will not seek the attention or the credibility or the acceptance of people who don't know what has been commissioned unto me. Um, obviously, everyone is not going to understand you. There are those who are going to look, even in your own family, in my own family, support say, ah, this one now, how can you go to America and start, you know, wasting time on the streets? You know, you have to work hard, you have to do this. Obviously, we're working hard. We are doing some little investments here and there. Yes. But at the end of the day, I know that my mission at this point, uh, my assignment that God wants me to work on is to evangelize, you know, is mm. to spread his word. And when the time comes, he's going to take me to another place. And I will do that as well. So people are not going to understand me. They have had misunderstandings here and there, communicating this and that. I'm coming on your Facebook going in your inbox and sending all sorts of things. But uh, I have learned to stay on course. Uh, I have learned to keep my head up, even when sometimes I don't trust, understand the journey itself, the process, but I've just learned to trust God all through uh, in everything. Okay. So this podcast's purpose is to relay stories of hope and transformation. Can you pinpoint any transformation that has occurred since you took up that task? Yes. Um, for me, it was a big... Uh, paradigm shift from um, journalism, looking at yourself as a journalist, as a communicator, okay. and then moving to um, being a, a spokesperson of the kingdom of God. At first, it was hard for me to discern and figure out and say, but God, okay, I went to journalism school. I started all this time. Uh, because actually, it began in World Vision. I tell myself, now I'm in World Vision. Now I'm praying. So how is it going to end? Because God, you know, I want to be on BBC. I want to be on CNN. But now here I am. I'm praying in World Vision. How is it, co how is it connected to what I'm supposed to be doing? Uh, but God kept on, I think, moving me towards the direction of showing me that, okay, I took you to journalism school. Yes, to get the skills, to get mm -hmm. the knowledge and understanding so that I can make you an effective communicator, you know, mm -hmm. to, to, to communicate effectively for my kingdom. Um, and I think for me, that was a very big um, process to first of all get into so the transformation for me was first of all accepting that yes I went to school 
mm -hmm. in as much as I wanted to do to be a journalist on screen on CNN and BBC, but mm -hmm. there is something greater that God mm -hmm. wanted me to do, you know, to mm -hmm. be his spokesperson, to stand and uh, preach his word and, and let his return be known uh, to this part of the world where I am. So there's been so much change in my mind, in my thinking, in my reasoning, in my judgment, but the greatest of all has been the transformation from a mainstream journalist mm -hmm. to a mainstream spokesperson of the kingdom of God, yeah. still using my skills as a journalist, still mm -hmm. using all my capabilities, but not mm -hmm. for the newsroom, yeah. but for the kingdom of God. All yeah. right. This has been quite an interesting and inspiring conversation. It has really been a pleasure to have you, Moses. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. I've been Kefa Senoga, your host. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this segment of Hope Talks. I hope you join us again. And please encourage others to listen and check out other David's United Church of Christ programs at davidsucc.net. It is our hope that your day is filled with hope. Thank you.